2023 was momentous in the fight against fraud. It saw the passing of the Online Safety Act and the Financial Services and Markets Act, both of these happening after years of exhaustive campaigning from us here at WITCH. But the battle against scams is far from over. Stay in the know and avoid falling victim to scammers by joining over 450,000 others who have signed up to our WITCH scam alerts. To sign up, head to witch.co.uk slash scamalert today. Hello and welcome to the Witch Shorts podcast. I'm Rob Lilly-Jones. And a special hello for any of you listening along on YouTube or YouTube Music too. We've just added the podcast there, so hello if that's where you're listening. But a reminder that you can still find us on all of your favourite podcast apps too. This week we're hearing more about the listed property dream as we learn the realities that come with owning a historic home. To read us this article, originally written by Joe Wright, I'll hand you over to Stephen Maunder. Historic homes are often idealised as the picture-perfect place to live, and for Claire Camilleri-Rose, that's exactly what her Grade 2 listed Bedfordshire cottage is. After coming here, I never want to live in a modern house or new build, she says. We've been in our thatched property for seven years, and it still feels like a holiday. People pay a lot of money to spend a week in a house like ours. Taking on a home built for a bygone era isn't always plain sailing, though. When you buy one of Britain's 500,000 listed buildings, you opt in to become part of the nation's heritage. You're responsible for safeguarding a piece of history for future generations, almost like a museum curator. For Susan Mackey, a self-proclaimed custodian of a 16th century Devon farmhouse, this responsibility has been a burden. I fell in love with the house and unfortunately my heart overruled my head. If I knew then what I do now, I'd run a mile, she says. So what do you need to be aware of if you fancy owning a chocolate box cottage or a charming old watermill? We look at the financial hurdles you could face and how to overcome them. Even if your property isn't listed, age alone can drive up the price. A typical Georgian house, the most popular period property type, sells for 783000 according to the estate agent Yopa. That's 34% more than the average price for nearby homes with the same number of bedrooms. Fellow estate agent Jackson Stops calculates that postcodes in Gloucestershire are home to the highest density of listed buildings in the UK. It says there is a compelling link between period homes and property values. With average prices in the top postcode, GL7, covering Sirencester, surging by 21% in just 12 months. Aside from the punchy purchase price, listed buildings can also be expensive to heat. They have single glazed windows and were built to breathe, having been constructed with porous metals such as lime. High ceilings, a key characteristic of Georgian properties, make it tough to circulate heat, with one owner telling us they struggled to get more than one room above 5 degrees last winter. Many owners of period properties refrain from putting their central heating on and instead focus on individual rooms. The annual heating bill for our two-bed cottage is around £2,300, which is pretty good for the floor space, which member Vian Gresty told us. The walls are thick and we have radiators in the right places, 
it works well. Insurance can be costly too, as historic homes typically require more expensive repair work in the case of a claim resulting from damage. And with severe damage, such as a fire, your council's conservation officer or Historic England could decide the property needs to be rebuilt and reinstated to its previous condition, regardless of the cost. The price of such a rebuild will most likely trump the market value of a listed property due to the cost of specialist materials. If you're struggling to find suitable insurance via price comparison sites, try contacting a broker. In 2022, Heismark Builders in Cornwall estimated that it costs approximately 1500 to 2500 per square metre to renovate a listed building. Modern methods of construction and renovation are usually not deemed appropriate or sensible for historic homes. Instead, craftspeople specialising in heritage materials such as lime mortar are required. But there is currently a shortage of skilled tradespeople, meaning homeowners sometimes have to stay on waiting lists for years. According to a report commissioned by the National Trust, the UK needs to find more than 100,000 new plumbers, electricians and carpenters every year for the next three decades if the nation's historic properties are to be preserved and upgraded. This lack of supply has pushed costs up. As a result, the Listed Property Owners Club says 85% of owners are delaying repair work to their homes. Previously, listed buildings benefited from VAT relief for maintenance work, but new owners must cough up the extra 20%, despite repeated calls for this to change. The exception is where a listed property has been empty for two years and the homeowner completes any work within one year of purchasing. In this scenario, VAT would fall to 5%. Just because the Georgians didn't have thermostats, that doesn't mean you can't have one. But making changes to a listed building won't necessarily be straightforward, as they can't be altered without special permission from the local authority, known as listed building consent. Carrying out unauthorised alterations to a listed building is a criminal offence, with a maximum penalty of two years imprisonment or an unlimited fine. The conservation officer at the council will play a key role in determining what can be done. However, some authorities don't have conservation officers, and this can make obtaining pre-application advice difficult, if not impossible. And unhelpfully, there is no consistent criteria for what can and can't be permitted. It's important to be aware that if you buy a listed building that has had illegal changes made to it, then you'll inherit this. For instance, if the previous owner added an extension in 1980, or altered a window without consent, you will be liable for this and may be forced to reverse the changes. There are insurance policies available that will cover you against this, and you can retrospectively apply for approval. But for the avoidance of doubt, you should instruct the solicitor to check all previous works had the required consent, or pour over the property's history yourself on the council's planning portal. If you discover unauthorised work has been carried out, but are confident of rectifying it, you could use this to negotiate a significant chunk off the asking price. Trying to secure a mortgage on a property that has been altered without the proper consents can prove difficult. You may also find that mortgage lenders who are unversed in what can and cannot be done to a heritage building will ask for alterations to the house before releasing funds. This might include requests for chemical-injected damp-proof courses, which are not the uniform solution for damp in historic homes. The Listed Property Owners Club says it is very important that you do not proceed on the recommendation of your mortgage company before seeking specialist advice.
Jackson Stop says 80% of listed homeowners believe period homes hold their value either as well or better than newer homes. The estate agent says the allure isn't just for those on the ladder. First-time buyers make up more than a third of period homeowners. Listed buildings make up just 0.8% of overall housing stock, and this will continue to fall. Claire, who bought her historic home with her first-time buyer husband, says... As more new homes get built, the share of heritage buildings gets smaller, so they will keep getting rarer and the demand isn't going to go away. I trust these buildings that have been around for hundreds of years. They're not going to fall down. Their cottage needs to be rethatched in a couple of years, but the fee, likely to be up to £60,000, will be absorbed, says Claire, as the value of the house has increased well beyond what it costs to replace the thatch. Vian Gresty and his wife bought what is thought to be the oldest property in the village of Tittenhanger outside St Albans for £550,000 in 2021. The couple spent around £150,000 renovating the Grade 2 listed cottage that dates from around 1485, but less than two years later, Vian believes the home is now worth £800,000. He says, we bought it through taking out a lifetime mortgage, a form of equity release. I think it would have been unmortgageable otherwise as it was in such a state of disrepair. Our children were against the idea to begin with and thought we were mad, but they came round to it. Home insurance for buildings and contents is £427 a year, so that's not too bad. Despite now owning a house thought to be worth considerably more than what he bought it for, Vian doesn't recommend buyers dipping into the historic market for profit. He says, don't buy it as a financial exercise, only buy it as somewhere enjoyable to live. We love living here with all of the history and we don't regret it at all. Rachel Howard and her husband moved into their damp and dark Grade 2 listed cottage just before the 2020 lockdown and began the process of painstakingly transforming it. We knew it would need mountains of work and repairs. We knew we would effectively be broke forever and we knew it was going to take all of our time and effort. But we did it because we love it. These houses are part of our history part of our identity as a country. They're important and they don't get the recognition they deserve. Thank you to Stephen and to Joe Wright too for his piece originally published in the February issue of Which Money magazine. And remember you can find more articles you'll find useful every day on everything from money and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free email newsletters. And you can do that at which.co.uk forward slash newsletters. A reminder as well to please leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. That helps other people find us. And please do tell us if you're enjoying the podcast. You can email us at podcasts at witch.co.uk. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Shorts. And thanks for listening. Witch Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly-Jones, while the exec producer was Grace Burrell. Miley Cheer here, host of the Witch Money Podcast. Join us each week as we bring you the best experts and top advice to help you make the most of your money. From property prices to budgeting, investment platforms to pensions, we'll be here to keep you informed. Here's a taste of what you can expect. If you had invested £100 in the fund three years ago, you'd have just £61 today. Gosh. Is it worth trusting a website that you don't know to save that 10p, that 20p. The good news is it does look like we're hovering around the top of the interest rate hike cycle. 
If I asked you what you earned here, you'd be absolutely horrified because we're told we should not talk about money. Make sure to join us for new episodes every Friday and I'll see you then.